How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Well, guys, we are back. It is Tuesday night, our favorite night of the week. It is episode number... 46. Episode number 46 of How About That Cigar Live. We are so grateful that you guys took a few minutes to join us this evening on a beautiful Tuesday night. Uh, Thanks very much for uh, putting up with us being off the air last week. It was one of those perfect storms that we just had to deal with. So uh, sorry we weren't with you, but we're glad to be back again this week. We have a great special guest coming up in just a few minutes. But as always, we want to thank you guys for joining us. We are live from Sodi Cigar Shop here in near Stillwater, Minnesota, in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And Drew Estate would like to announce... The reopening of the Cigar Safari Program. Since 2008, Drew Estate has been the industry leader in cigar tourism through their Cigar Safari Program. Safari presents an opportunity for consumers and retailers to take a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Drew Estate's Nicaraguan Cigar Factory and explore the eco-tourism of Nicaragua. At La Grand Fabric of Drew Estate, guests learn the entire process of creation from seed to cigar, including the magic experience of blending their own cigars. While visiting Subculture Studios, attendees will also have Drew Estate's very own art team custom paint an item of their choosing. The experience is truly unforgettable and unique among cigar manufacturers. For more info, please visit CigarSafari.com. So, Garrett... Matt, this week was a little bit interesting. So I'm happy. I'm excited. Spring training is underway. Yeah, for our favorite baseball Pitchers team, the Minnesota catchers. Twins. Uh, yeah. So and, and even batting practice. And now batting we, practice. Now we got batting practice. It's good to see those guys out there. You know, getting loose, getting ready for the season. Um, hopefully, the Twins can you know continue on the. Uh, I mean, the they had a fantastic season last year. Yeah, huge. Uh, so hope we just build upon that. Absolutely. And, uh, Got another big bat coming in, and uh, I say we crush another home run record. I say we crush a World Series. I think that would be – I mean, home run records are great, and making it to the playoffs is great. But uh, I think crushing the Yankees in the playoffs and then making it to a World Series and coming home with another trophy, I I could deal with that. I could. I I could could definitely deal with that. that. Um, But – and also our Minnesota Wild um, (laughs) – So the just out of nowhere, the head coach, bye-bye. Uh, and it, maybe not out of nowhere. I mean, I, I, well, I, I, expected him, it, I expected him to get canned at the end of the season. I didn't think they were going to can him mid-season. I didn't either. Like they did. You know, but uh, uh, we have seen, you know, coaches, and, and let's, I mean, I've said it all season, we're a 500 team. Yeah. And we continue to hover around 500. Yeah. But I've seen many teams in not just hockey, other sports, hang on to a coach, you know, for far worse performances. So for me, it was a it was a little surprising. Um, yeah. But I think when we were discussing this with with Andrew a little bit earlier before the show, I I think it's time to clean house. Oh yeah, that's just I I hate to say it, but I think it's time to clean house. And I'm not just talking about coaches. Obviously, they already cleaned house there. But I think uh, senior leadership, I think new blood is it's they need it. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, So, guys, this week, um, like I said, we have a very, very special guest. And our main spot of the week with our special guest, as always, is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com. They are the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. 
And there you will also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. Dude, cold draw that. Cold draw that. I haven't cut it yet. Oh, my gosh. After you <laughs> cut it, you got to cold draw it. Let's, uh, let's bring in our special guest this week from Hoya de Nicaragua Cigars. Oh, hold on one sec. There we go. From Hoya de Nicaragua Cigars, Juan Martinez. Juan, welcome to the show. Juan, Thank you, guys. Bienvenido Thank you guys. al show, mi amigo. Gracias. Gracias, gracias. Thank so you, you, you are coming to us live from Managua, Managua, Nicaragua. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. That is correct. Uh, in the middle of very windy, windy February. We are here. What kind of uh, what kind of temperatures are we talking about? Uh, well, actually, in Nicaragua, you know, we're in the we're, as a tropical country, we only have two two seasons. Um, basically, it's rainy season and dry season. So yeah. right now, we're uh, a few months into dry season, but it's extremely windy uh, all over the country. Uh, so right now, we're talking about maybe twenty four degrees Celsius. I'm not sure how much that is in in, in Fahrenheit, but. Uh, it's fairly good temperature, not too cold. Not too what was that? Twenty three, twenty four Celsius. Yeah, yeah. So about seventy. Yeah, yeah. sixty eight. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, um, I've I've been fortunate to be in uh, Nicaragua twice, and um, and did get to spend some time in a few different cities there. And it's. Uh, um, yeah, it's it, it's the time that I was there. The first time that I went was in uh, November. And then the second time I went was in um, late January, and the uh, there there was actually a kind of a stark difference between those two really seasons. And because November, the first time I went there, I was very spoiled because it was one of those perfect weeks. I got there, um, got to Managua. It was ridiculously hot, and then drove up to Esteli, and Esteli was set perfect, seventy degrees and sunny every single day. And it wasn't just during the day. It was at night. It stayed 70 degrees. What? Even at night. It was just perfect. Sitting out on the, on, on the, on the patio enjoying cigars and scotch late, yeah. late at night. It was just fantastic. So. Yeah. 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 And going. January is actually a quite a nice, uh, quite a nice month to come over. Uh, it yeah. gets a little bit chillier in Esteli in the, during the evening, but it's, it's nice. So uh, Juan, you were born and raised in Nicaragua. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I um, I was born in Nicaragua. I was raised in Nicaragua. We was uh, born during the 1980s uh, down here. And uh, well, actually, our, our company Hoya Nicaragua is uh, it's one of the few 100% Nicaraguan companies owned, operated, uh, run by by the family. So we're a sort of a medium sized uh, family owned and operated Nicaraguan company. Yeah, and um, give us a little bit of an idea. Because obviously you, uh, you know, well, not obviously, but you most likely didn't grow up in a cigar family, grow up in the cigar business. So 
give us a little bit of an idea of of what brought you into the world of premium cigars. That's a that's actually quite a uh, maybe not an interesting story, but different. I think. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I wasn't born under the shade of a tobacco plant uh, like like many of my fellow uh, tobacco growers and cigar makers. Uh, my father is actually an economist and 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 an academic uh, who fell in love uh, with cigars during the 1980s. Uh, and then eventually he had the opportunity to get involved with, with the business in, in the early 1990s after the end of the Nicaraguan Revolution. Uh, and he started working close closely to the people at Hoya Nicaragua. He eventually ended up acquiring the company from them. And that's how he began his, 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 uh, his cigar career. Uh, he didn't actually start it as a, you know, as a, as a main primary business. He started as a, as a passion, as a hobby, because he loved the cigar so much. Uh, it, it ended up being his pride and joy, of course. Um, but in, me, in my case, personally, I, I, although I was surrounded by cigar smoking very early on, of course, my father and, and his friends and everybody smoked cigars, um, I didn't expect to get into the cigar world, actually. I was uh, also studying economics. I, I, did, I wanted to do my own thing. Uh, we Latin Americans and Nicaraguans especially are very romantic on, on, on how we see the world. And, and, and I wanted to do my own thing. You know, I wanted to change the world in my own way. And uh, so I went, I went apart. I went separate from my father's uh, uh, destiny of, of, of the cigar world. Until I didn't, and I came back, <laughs> and I came back because I realized after a years, a couple of years of, of, of trying to do my own thing, uh, that what he was doing and what had, he had achieved at that point was to be able to take a a very simple product coming from Nicaragua and getting a lot of people together and exporting it to the world and basically taking. Uh, the Nicaraguan message and the identity and our culture and our heritage and our family around the world. And, and that for me felt at that moment more powerful than anything that I could do on my own, like, you know, working on a bank or, or doing whatever entrepreneurship I had in mind at that time. So I decided to, to, to start working with him. And, and eventually I got sucked in, into this industry, like all of us do, including you guys uh, that ended up doing this show. Um, and here I am, you know, uh, almost 15 years later after, after I began and actually loving every step of the way. Uh, loving every single part of the business, loving the product, of course, loving the people, uh, loving doing this type of thing. Um, it, it's quite a unique opportunity. And, and even though it wasn't what I originally had planned for myself, uh, it ended up being a bigger blessing that I could have asked for simply because, uh, you know, you end up doing what you do. And, and, and for us as Nicaraguans, being able to, to speak from Nicaragua to the world, uh, to you guys, to be able to, to, to share our passion and, and, and the work of our family uh, with the world. It's, it's, you know, it's quite a blessing. It's quite an accomplishment. So we're, we're very proud. We're very yeah. proud. That's awesome. Um, I'm wondering if you could just shed a little bit of a light on the cultural difference of uh, cigars in the States versus Nicaragua. Here in the States, you know, it is a brotherhood, a sisterhood, uh, a community of people that get together around a cigar. And, you know, there's just this unique culture that happens here that is unlike any other um, microculture, if you will. But what is that like in Nicaragua where 
um, the industry is, you know, and so many communities are dependent on this product, you know, is there still a community of, of smokers and, you know, what does that culture look like? Well, let, let's, let's, let's talk about two sides. First, the, the smoker community, the cigar enthusiast community. I think uh, like in the United States and, and our, many places around the world, it's very similar. Uh, it's people getting together to share a passion and, and, and share the company, the enjoyment of, of, of cigars. It, it's very similar from what you guys have. Cool. Uh, then the other side, the industry part for us that are working day in and day out, that I think that's where most of the power is uh, in the sense of, of how we connect with each other and how we work with our community, uh, local communities uh, in, in, and, and other countries also around the world. So you have to think, even though most people might not look at it that way, ours is a very small industry compared to other industries in the world. Uh, it's very small in the sense that First, our, you know, we represent less than 1% of all tobacco products consumed. And we're very concentrated. So, for example, in the case of Nicaragua, uh, all of our cigar production, except one company, is located in Esteli. So, in Esteli, we have more than 40,000 people working for cigar making. Uh, more than 60 cigar companies or tobacco companies are based there. And very close by, we have Honduras, where we have a greater concentration. We also have a great concentration of cigar makers and tobacco growers. And then we have the Dominican Republic. And then we have some, you know, uh, in Mexico, we might have some cigar makers. Of course, you have the Cuban industry. But that's it, basically. The, 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 cigar, the premium cigar industry is it's pretty concentrated in, uh, in a few countries and inside those countries in a few cities. In the case of Nicaragua, it's Esteli. In the case of Honduras, it's Danli. In the case of the Dominican Republic, is Santiago de los Caballeros, where most of the people are located. So we are neighbors, we are co-workers, we are friends, we are travel mates. Uh, yeah. every, every single flight I take out from Nicaragua, there is at least one or two other cigar makers in the same plane, you know. Uh, yeah, there, there's uh, we don't have uh, a lot of family relationships inside the industry, but many other people do. Uh, for example, in Italy, you have AJ is is family with Placencia, and you have very close uh, ties between each other. Uh, and we see each other very often. We see each other in events. We see each other at trade shows. We see each other on flights. Uh, and. We work also very closely between each other. Uh, we make cigars for other companies. For example, we Drew Estate, with one of Nicaragua's biggest cigar-making company and also one of the biggest companies in the United States. We make cigars for them, but they also distribute us in the, in the U.S. Uh, we buy tobaccos. We grow our own tobacco, but we also buy tobaccos from other tobacco growers and cigar makers. And some cigar makers buy tobacco from us. And yeah. we collaborate in making cigars with other uh, great people. So, you know, we see each other very often. We work uh, uh, with, with each other very often. And ultimately, what's interesting, even though we compete very aggressively in the marketplace, when you go into that humidor that you have in that shop, there are hundreds of brands and everybody's competing for the attention of cigar lovers. Ultimately, we are all, everybody's working for the same purpose, and that's basically showcasing the quality and the, and, and the, and the, and, and the good uh, success of the, of the industry, be it Nicaraguan industry, be it Honduran industry, be it the Dominican Republic. There's a sense of pride that permeates everybody that's uh, working in the industry, 
that I think it's, again, even though we are competitors, we are together in the same boat. Yeah. We are in the same boat when we are in the in the good spot and we're in the same boat when we're in uh, both when we're in the bad spot, when we're facing regulation, when we're facing challenges, when we're say facing crises in our countries or when we're facing crises in tobacco production, we come together and we try to to work it out together. Yeah. But it's it's quite special. And and unfortunately this is something that consumers generally don't relate to because it, although you can come and visit the festivals uh, right now, you have Pro Cigar happening in the Dominican Republic. You had uh, Puro Sabor a few weeks ago here in Nicaragua. Uh, those are great opportunities to meet everybody and to experience that firsthand. Uh, I think that most consumers never have the opportunity to see that. And 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 we were speaking earlier how how to connect better with consumers. I think this this is always a great opportunity for people to understand that. This is a very close, uh, small community of, of cigar makers, of cigar distributors, and of course, of cigar lovers. And uh, ultimately, we're in the same boat. Yeah, and it's it is really true that it's um, that it's 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 cooperative, but it's also competitive at the same time. And um, as somebody, I was I was fortunate enough back in my days with Blind Man's Puff to go and cover the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival in January of 2018, and I know that. Not long after that, unfortunately, there was some there was some unrest in the country, and then um, the 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 chamber decided to take a year off of of putting on the 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 festival. But then, like you said, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was back on. So, can you give us an idea? Hopefully, um, you know everything's going well, and the the festival was a success. Well, actually, let me respond to your previous question with that precise example. Uh, Two thousand and eight was a very tough year for Nicaragua. Uh, we had a, a very uh, intense uh, socio-political crisis happening. Thank God, things uh, are, are much, much better today. Yeah. Uh, but during that crisis, it was the perfect example of how this industry and how we as cigar makers and tobacco growers in Nicaragua got together and sort of work hard to preserve and to safeguard not our businesses, not our brands, because ultimately we could have, you know, move to any other place to make cigars, but the livelihood of the people that work in the industry. So our commitment from day one when the when the crisis erupted was that we were going to do and stick together whatever we needed to do to safeguard the employment and the livelihood of all the thousands of people that depended on us. And that was a very explicit commitment that all the cigar makers uh, uh, took together. And everybody said, we're in this together is everybody or nobody. And we stuck together uh, during the worst of the crisis uh, and we were able to guarantee that uh, most people were safe, that most, most people were, had, the, the, had the protection that they needed and that they had the guarantee of employment that allowed us to continue moving forward uh, even in the, in, the, in the bad moments of the crisis. So going back to your question on a good example of how this industry works, uh, that was one of the greatest examples. And, and to be honest, uh, it helped me realize the value of the people that we were working with. And, you know, sitting at the same table with, with Abdel, with, with uh, the Padrons, with, uh, with the Olivas, with my father, with Jaime and Pepin, with, uh, with the Drew Estate people and, and with smaller cigar makers uh, from the industry and say, you know, we are here. And we're going to stick together and we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that the people that depend on us are not affected, 
that they are safe and that, that we guarantee that whatever happens, they will go back home safely and that they will have what they need to continue uh, living safely, you know? And yeah. uh, that, that's a great example. Um, so moving forward, we decided to take a year off, uh, mainly because as a result of the crisis, we had a lot of, uh, you know, connectivity issues from flights from Europe and, and, and from the United States that were put down and, and, and some hotels that had to close down temporarily. So we decided to take a, a, a few months off and then we decided to do the 2020 Cigar Festival uh, the last week of January. And it was actually quite quite a great experience. Uh, I think a lot of people were looking forward to coming back to Nicaragua and, and, and meeting a, a meeting back, uh, meeting once again all of the people that are involved in, in, in cigar making. This was a smaller version than in the past, but it was intentionally smaller because we wanted to make sure that people had a great time. And we had people coming from almost uh, more than 50 countries around the world. I think we had more than 200 foreign guests coming for, for the festival. And it was a great time. We had the opportunity to do uh, quite a few interesting things, including celebrating the 125 years of the J.C. Newman uh, company here in Nicaragua during the festival, uh, you know, celebrating a bunch of other things that, we, that we're working on down here. Yeah, awesome. And uh, just want to thank everybody for joining us, watching. Please remember to like and share the video. Um, want to talk about what we're smoking right now. Yes, um, we do. This little beauty, uh, Juan, I tell you what, uh, the new Hoya de Nicaragua and Ton and Antonio, Antonio, Connecticut, Antonio CT, yeah. which stands for. I got nothing. Yeah, he's, <laughs> trying to, he's trying to come up with something fancy and funny, but it's so the. Um, uh, you you guys were kind enough to send us some of these to sample, and and I have to confess that I a few weeks ago bought some from uh, uh, not this shop but a different shop uh, locally here in the Twin Cities, and um, what I I had heard great things from other people in in cigar media about this cigar, and um, finally tried it a couple weeks ago, and I was blown away. I was excited when when you guys were kind enough to send us some to sample here on the show as well because. For somebody myself, a, a fan of the original Antonio 1970 blend, you know, from from for the last many years, um, learning that there was going to be a, a, a Connecticut not version of it because it, it is it is its own cigar, but but uh, you know to have a Connecticut wrap cigar that shares that name, I was excited for it, and and uh, uh, it definitely has made a splash in in the in the industry. And uh, give us a, a little bit of an idea about this blend and um, what it is that you, as a as a company, wanted to uh, wanted people to experience from a blend like this. Well, this cigar I think has one of the most, at least internally, funny stories that I can share. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was it was quite a challenge, uh, actually. We had this concept lined up for a while now, uh, especially since since the, this whole FDA uh, thing that you needed to, you know, bring back old brands and everything. So this cigar actually has its origins back in 2005, uh, after my father and his team had introduced uh, very successfully Antonio 1970. Um, I think it was 2000, 2001. 
And it was the first full-bodied, robust Nicaraguan cigar using all Nicaraguan fillers and all Nicaraguan wrapper and binder. It was a powerhouse, and it actually, uh, as they say, they came came to change the game with respect to Nicaraguan tobacco. So, yeah, in the in the in the tobacco world, you have a pre and post, and I think Antaño was the the cutting line between those two moments in which Nicaraguan tobacco became really popular. So yeah. this was back in two thousand and one. In 2005, my father decided to create this blend that was called Serie C. Remember this name very well, Serie C. And this was basically the same Antaño, but with a Connecticut shade wrap. They launched it to the market, and guess what? It was a huge failure. Oh. <laughs> and I think it was one of my, my father's first realizations on, on how complicated the industry was. And the reason why it was a failure was that it wasn't communicated properly. So this was a Connecticut shade cigar that it, that was fuller body. So the the Connecticut shade smoker that was used to milder cigars because of the shade uh, found it to be too strong. And the full body smoker who was intended for did not gravitate towards the cigar because it had a Connecticut shade. So, you know, it wasn't either for one or the other. So it failed. It was in the market, I think, for a couple of years. It was a great blend, but it failed because it wasn't promoted uh, properly. So fast forward, uh, and we are in 2017, uh, and we're thinking, you know, so we need to bring back because also this brand is predicate. So it's pre-2007. So it's protected by anything that regulation comes. So we decided, so let's bring back this blend, but let's do it properly. So... And what that meant was that we wanted to have a Connecticut shade cigar that was full body. We wanted to have the body and the strength level of the traditional Antaño that people love. Meaning, if you want to put a, a, a you know a strength level, it, it was going to be a five out of five. So we started working on that, and we started blending, and, and our team started blending, and, and, and we started using all of our tobaccos, and unfortunately. We continued developing, and it didn't deliver. It didn't deliver. It didn't deliver. Uh, we did, I think it was close to 40-something blends uh, or samples of different variations of the same blend to be able to get the level of strength that we wanted. So, uh, and it didn't, it didn't happen. At, up to one point, uh, Mario, who is our factory manager, sent us an email and said, you know, guys, uh, obviously in Spanish, uh, let's, let's let's be frank. There is so much that you can do with Connecticut wrapper, uh, Connecticut yeah. shade wrapper, and this is like uh, white man can't jump. <laughs> I mean, that's that was basically the, that we actually were going to call it something like that with the abbreviation. Of, I love it. There, there's so much you can do with Connecticut shade, and and no disrespect meant for you know for 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 white. Uh, basketball player, <laughs> there are quite a few great ones. But the truth is, there's so much you can achieve in terms of the height and the power that you get. Yeah. Uh, so we decided, okay, so let's leave it there. And we decided that, okay, it's not going to be a full, full on, on that, but it's good enough. It has the body and it has the, the, the intensity and the robustness to be under the Antaño family. So we decided to call it Antaño. We had a bunch of different names lined up. Unfortunately, this is a very competitive industry so almost every single name in the cigar is taken as as you can you guys yeah. can imagine so we decided to go the simple route and say you know let's just call it antonio Sete and and, and add it to the antonio family 
and that's that's what we have today. And and because we had that disappointment, I personally was very disappointed in not being able to to, to deliver to that promise of having a full-bodied uh, 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 Nicaraguan Connecticut. And after reading all of the possible reviews from colleagues of yours in the industry that always begin, so another company trying to change the game with Connecticut cigar. <laughs> well, it just goes to show you, and Matt and I have talked about this numerous times, how it is a misnomer uh, to automatically equate Connecticut shade wrappers with a smooth, light cigar. And, you know, we need to get away from that where um, I think we're starting to see now, you know, with, you know, the, the market failure of, of your father's release, um, it's really an industry-wide issue of marketing lighter cigars as light cigars when truly you can have a full-bodied Connecticut cigar that is amazing. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. Uh, I think also that the, the palette of cigar smokers and, 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 and cigar enthusiasts has, has evolved even from 2005. I think yeah. uh, in the middle of that uh, decade, we were in the up uh, uphill of strength and people were just looking for, you know, more ligero, more power and, and, and anything that wasn't, you know, a kick in the face was was underperforming. I think that that uh, that curve ultimately slowed down and eventually shifted down and people became more interested in flavor, in nuances, in complexity, in more balance instead of the kick. Uh, so I think that right now it was more of a better moment to introduce this cigar than, than what it was 15 years ago, I think. Uh, uh, and and people have appreciated. I think that it delivers its great construction, the, the, the Connecticut... Uh, well, one clarification... This is the same blend, same ingredients as our original Antaño. So the core tobaccos, uh, the fillers, come from the same farms as the tobaccos that are in an Antaño uh, 1970 or an Antaño Gran Reserva. The only difference and the main difference is the wrapper. Uh, of course, the, the, the distributions and the proportions of the, of the fillers are change a little bit from the other ones because you want to make sure that you have the proper balance in the cigar, but uh, they're the same core ingredients uh, and you have a completely different smoking profile. That's, I think that's the beauty of, of, of tobacco. That's very flexible. It's very dynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to work very closely with, with a lot of uh, clients and smokers from around the world. And unfortunately, there is a very big misconception outside of the United States, that wrapper doesn't contribute a lot to the cigar other than the aesthetic. Uh, this is primarily given by, you know, people from, from who've been more exposed to Cuban cigars, uh, yeah. non-Cuban. But this is a great example of how wrong that theory is because wrapper makes a huge difference. And we in Nicaragua have been playing with wrappers, uh, you know, from, from many, many different origins, from Nicaragua to the Dominican to the United States, Mexican rapper, Colombian rapper, Indonesian rapper, Honduran rapper, and we understand the value and the importance of the rapper in the cigar. And I think this cigar is actually quite a good example. Yeah. So to smokers, if they really want to, you know, blow their friends out and say, you know, you want to understand how much difference there is on a cigar by the rapper, there are two things you can do. 
first Bayern Antonio nineteen seventy and Bayern Antonio Sete, smoke them together, completely different cigars. And the yeah. other one, which is more simple and less expensive, just buy one cigar and cut part of the wrapper out and start smoking just the pure binder and the filler and let it burn until yeah. it gets to the wrapper. And you'll see how the cigar changes, even yeah. in the same cigar. Absolutely. So, so I think the, the, the success of this cigar has been to capture the essence of that difference in, 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 the, in the contribution of the wrapper. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that was interesting to me was uh, I got the email today, um, you know, about these samples that were, were sent to us with, you know, some, some characteristic notes and tasting notes and things like that. And it's so funny because when I smoked the cigar a couple of weeks ago, um, because we review cigars on, on the website and, and when I sat down and reviewed the cigar and started taking my notes, um, with the first sample and, or the, the first cigar that I bought and the second one that I bought, I, I started taking my notes like I always do. And, and then when I read the email today, I, it almost, it, it, it was just funny to me because it was so, even though it's a, you know, it's written for, you know, marketing purposes, it's. It was dead on, almost note for note, with what I wrote down two weeks ago when I smoked a cigar, and I was I was I was pretty amazed at uh, the the fact that it was because what you get is you, you get the smooth and the grassy notes from the Connecticut wrapper. You get some of the you get some of the characteristics that you normally get from a mild Connecticut cigar. But then, some some uh, some of the the characteristic Nicaraguan Lajero starts to come yes. in, and you start to get richness and depth and oh. and and spice and and a little bit of that strength that you feel up in you know that you feel up in here up in your throat, and and yet at the same time, the I because I have had some Connecticut wrap cigars in the last couple of years. There have been, and I'm not going to name names. There have been some manufacturers that have tried to put out Connecticut wrap cigars that, that are true, like over the top powerhouses. And I think the balance has been off in too many of those examples, the, where it's, it's been there. There's so much of the spice. There's so much of the, of the, of the heaviness that you lose all the characteristics of the Connecticut wrapper. That complexity. Where, yeah. And you yep. lose that complexity. But with this, I think the balance is there and I really enjoy that. And I, and I know that this cigar has not only fared well with consumers, but that since it's, since it's released, but I know that it's also fared well with some cigar media. It's, it's made top 10 lists. It's even gotten a few number ones from what I understand. So I say, well done. It, it has, you know, it, it was, it was, it was for me, it was a surprise to be honest. I wasn't looking forward to the, the acceptance just because I had this misconception that um, you know, everybody was trying to do Connecticut Chase cigars, and we're gonna be you're gonna add another one. I also was scared about the same mistake that that had happened in 2005 of, of, of the miscommunication. So we even had some people debating if we should include this in the Antonio family because it would create some sort of confusion, maybe. Uh, so I was sort of concerned on that, but once I saw that people were really really appreciating it. And, and as I smoked it more and more uh, uh, during the year, uh, last year, I, I started to getting more and more confident on, 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 the, on the blend itself. Now, 
Connecticut Shade Wrapper is a very, very noble uh, wrapper. Uh, it's very, uh, it's very relatively simple to work with because it's relatively thin. Uh, it's silky. Uh, it's it's very mm-hmm. homogeneous. It allows for a great construction in the cigar. It allows for a great burn of the cigar. So it allows for many great things that some of our other tobaccos don't allow. When we use uh, our thick um, Nicaraguan Ligero uh, wrappers, uh, Havano Criollo, for example, or even when we use a very thick um, dark viso from from Ecuador Havano, or uh, we get some maybe some combustion issues or some uh, some some burn issues that thank God with with a Connecticut wrapper uh, you don't get. So it's a, it's also a very novel, and we're very thankful. Uh, this this tobacco particularly comes from Ecuador. It was grown on, on in Ecuador by one of our our historic tobacco growing partners, uh, and we're very thankful. So actually, this cigar is more a tribute to them than, 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 than to us because they do the hard work, man. And I don't know how many of uh, you guys out there are uh, cold drawers where you uh, cut your cigar and you just draw through it before you light it. It's one of my favorite things to do, and I can typically tell when a cigar is going to be special by how it cold draws. And if uh, you were with us in the beginning of the show, I was eager for Matt to say, or, you know, eager for Matt to try that cold draw because it had something special there. And this cigar is nothing shy of special. It is complex. And all the things that Matt described with the, you know, the smoothness of that Connecticut, but then, you know, the complexity, the richness um, that comes through. This is just, it's my first one and, um, I'm loving it. Well, I'm, we're, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered, man. And on behalf of, of Hoya, we're very thankful for, for, for your, yeah, for your appreciation of the cigar, man. Absolutely. And yeah. this, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that in the last, well, the last few years, um, Hoy de Nicaragua has actually had some good success with, with uh, this is not the first uh, Connecticut shade wrap cigar that Hoy de Nicaragua has had some some good success with in the past couple of years. The Numero Uno also has yeah. has really been uh, extremely popular in in the media and and with consumers alike. And uh, I picked some up at another uh, local shop here uh, last year of the Numero Uno, and that is that's an example of of that, uh, how, how different a cigar can be regardless of same wrapper leaf. Um, you know, and that, that cigar is, um, you know, really performed well. Talk to us a little bit about, um, the, you know, those differences between cigars that have those, you know, they have similar, similar elements, but yet at their core, like you said earlier, using that term at their core, they're, they're really different. And, and, how you go about presenting those to consumers? Well, I think numero uno, it's that that's more of a medium, mild, mild post cigar. Yeah, uh, this one is more in line with our classical series, which is uh, more traditional, more uh, um, I think uh, classic in the in the in the in the flavor profile, uh, older school in that sense. Um, both of them use Nicaraguan tobacco, but the varieties of the seed that we're using uh, for the for the fillers is 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 different. Actually, 
the the regions where the tobacco is grown is different. Uh, while most of the tobacco for the Antaños come from Esteli, which tends to be a more intense, robust, pretty much what you described before in the cold draw, uh, that depth, that intensity, that pungentness combined mm -hmm. with some earthy notes, some herbal mm -hmm. notes. Uh, that's very common in, in Esteli tobacco. While tobaccos from Condega, from Jalapa, from even from uh, from Ometepe, which is another interesting growing region, yeah. um, they are tend to be more aromatic, more subtle. In the case of Jalapa, we have a little bit more sweetness to it, but we don't have that uh, intensity, maybe in robust and earthiness that we have in the in the in the Esteli region. So uh, the main difference would be that the, the fillers are coming from from Esteli, most used in the Antaño, give you that profile. While uh, the the numero uno is designed to be more of an elegant, uh, low keyed, uh, subtle smoke. It was actually designed, and this is another funny story. Actually, it wasn't designed to be a cigar. For the marketplace, it was actually designed as a cigar for someone who you don't know what they like. It was uh, we call it the diplomatic cigar because we were giving away cigars for for the Nicaraguan Foreign Service. They wanted to bring gifts to uh, you know to their guests or to their uh, visitors, and they they would travel to China and they would bring rum, coffee, chocolate, and cigars from Nicaragua. So they would ask us and they would start asking for cigars and, and we originally were giving them whatever we had. But we realized that it was a big mistake because we didn't know who the final smoker was. And most likely the, 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 the recipient of the cigars, of the gifts, were not, uh, you know, cigar enthusiasts. So we decided to blend this uh, milder cigar that was called Numero Uno. And it was actually the gift that we were giving. We were not selling that cigar. Uh, and then eventually it became an event exclusive cigar in the United States. And then it was picked up by another media outlet and they gave it number one. And we eventually decided because a lot of people were asking for it. We decided to, to bring it uh, formally to, to market. Uh, so this is unlike Antonio, which was designed specifically for full bodied cigar lovers. Numero uno was designed completely the opposite way, which was for, uh, Someone who either doesn't smoke cigars, or who you don't you don't know you don't know what they enjoy, or what they what they smoke. So it's interesting because it shows, and 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 maybe you know for for your guys, for your consumers, and and, and your followers, it's a good story to be able to tell on how uh, what your intention of blending is not necessarily what ends up happening. Um, we we say it very simply at the factory: there's a cigar for everybody. But not every cigar is for everybody. Yeah, and that's why we have so much diversity. That's why we have so many offerings in terms of size, profile, shapes, uh, you know, origins of tobacco. Because it allows you to be able to speak to different people uh, in different settings with different uh, taste profiles and preferences, and and being able to to blend cigars for different audience, but both of them being successful and being well appreciated has been one of our, you know, biggest sources of pride. Yeah. We've got a uh, kind of a, a neat uh, viewer question um, from uh, Steve. He asks, do you have or are you working on a Nicaraguan-grown Connecticut seed wrapper? That's an interesting question. There is a lot of Nicaraguan-grown Connecticut seed wrapper, uh, actually in the Jalapa region. Uh, we use it in some blends. However, uh, 
we personally don't like, I personally don't like as much as the Connecticut grown in Ecuador. The reason being it's a little bit more grassy than the, the, the traditional Connecticut that's by itself grassy. So what we're getting from Nicaragua right now, it's a little bit too intense. So we're not using it in these two, two blends. Perhaps as, as the productions grow and, and, and tobacco growers are becoming more experts and, and changing their technique, uh, the, the flavor profile will, will improve. Uh, most of that production is going to, to other uh, type of cigars, uh, some of them machine-made, some of them premium, uh, but we are not using them at this moment. So right now we prefer the, the Connecticut grown in, in Ecuador. Or we could be using also Connecticut from the Connecticut River Valley. But right now we're using the, the one grown in Ecuador. Yeah. Well, and it's, there's a lot of, uh, not just, not just Hoya, but, but a lot of companies, um, are, are really getting, getting good quality, uh, leaf from Ecuador. Uh, it's, it seems to be, uh, we've heard from a lot of people about this. It's very consistent. Uh, it seems to be readily available. The yield seems to be good and the quality seems to be good. So. You know, it's kind of one of those. If it's if it's not broke, you know, don't uh, don't fix it, kind of things. Yes, uh, and, and 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 you know, there there are many differences in the flavor profile depending on the on the on the on the origin. And right now, there's uh, from the tobaccos that we have available. That's there's that particularity difference in the in the intensity of the of the of the flavor of the Connecticut shade. Yeah, um, one of the things you brought up just a minute ago is is. Uh, was actually one of my next questions on the, on the list here, because, you know, in addition to this, uh, this new uh, Antonio CT, there's also, you know, a wide variety. You, uh, Hoy de Nicaragua has a great wide portfolio of cigars on the market. So give, give our consumers, give our viewers and listeners an idea of, you know, from, from Hoya red to Hoya black and Hoya silver, give, give our viewers and listeners an idea of, of uh, some of the other cigars that you have in your portfolio. And, um, you know, if somebody gravitates toward, um, you know, uh, spicy balanced with sweetness, if somebody gravitates towards, uh, you know, sweet Maduro and things like that, where where can somebody find uh, their sweet spot in your portfolio of cigars? Okay, so let's, let's start from the beginning. Um, Hoya Nicaragua is the oldest cigar manufacturer in the country. So we specialized for more than 50 years in, in working with Nicaraguan tobacco. So our original founders, whose name were uh, Juan Francisco Hermejo and Simon Camacho, were actually tobacco growers in the 1960s that started using Nicaraguan tobacco to roll their own cigars. And they started setting it in the, in the United States. So our core has always been Nicaraguan tobacco. And that's, that's sort of our source of pride also because... Um, We've been, as a company, we've been instrumental in promoting the quality of Nicaraguan tobacco around the world. So most of our cigars have in the core a very Nicaraguan essence, and that's that's something that differentiates our all of our blends from 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 other uh, from other cigars. But uh, inside of that, we have a wide variety of of, of brands. If you want, uh, we have we basically say that we have a cigar almost for everybody, both in terms of the flavor profile in terms of the price point. Uh, so let's start with the first ones. The first one is called Classico, which is actually very similar to the uh, to the Numero Uno. The Numero Uno is inspired on the blend of the Classico, which is 
Hoya de Nicaragua, the original blend that we were been making since 1968. Uh, this is a cigar that's are best selling in Europe, I would say Europe, Latin America. Uh, it's not as popular as in the United States because it's a mild cigar. You can find it in some stores, but it's not it's not that popular. It's our mildest blend, if you want. This is called the Antaño, the Joya Nicaragua Classico. Uh, uses Nicaraguan fillers with a Connecticut very similar to what we have in the in the numero uno. Then we move up a little bit and we go to the Antaño family. So Antaño uh, in Spanish means yesteryear. And basically this is the family of uh, four different lines uh, that all of them are called Antaño. And these are very robust. They're intended to be full bodied, full strength. Uh, the original one is called Antaño 1970. Then we have Antaño Darco Rojo, which is our super, super full powerhouse. We call it this, uh, like a six out of five. It uses a very thick, dark uh, Corojo wrapper. Uh, it's a very intense, very nicotine-charged cigar. Uh, that's the type of cigar that I would recommend, uh, you know, not operating heavy machinery after smoking that cigar. Uh, <laughs> this wouldn't be your typical everyday cigar, although some people smoke it since very early in the morning. But Antaño Dark Corojo is, is a powerhouse. Uh, in Antaño, we also have Antaño Gran Reserva, which is a, a, a vintage tobaccos of, of the 1970 uh, line. It's all Nicaraguan fillers and wrappers, also very intense, very robust. And then we have Antaño Cete, which is the, the, the blonde brother of the, of the other ones. Right. So this is the Antaño family, very Nicaraguan, very traditional. Uh, we don't have anything outside of Nicaraguan tobacco except in this one that we have the Connecticut grown in, in Ecuador. Then we have the newer family. We call them the contemporary lineup. And this is the Hoya lineup, uh, which we introduced starting 2013. This is uh, more of a younger look and feel. This was the sort of the cigars that we as a team decided to blend for ourselves. So if we wanted to smoke cigars outside of our own, what type of cigars we were looking for? And at that time, we were experimenting more with uh, tobaccos from different origins. We wanted to play with, uh, you know, tobaccos from Mexico, tobaccos from Ecuador, tobaccos from, from many different origins. So this family, it's more playful in that sense. It's less strict in the blends. So you have, uh, Hoya Red, you have Hoya Black, you have Hoya Silver, and you have Hoya Cabineta. And more recently, we just introduced Hoya Copper. And all of them use tobaccos of different origins. For example, Hoya Black. Uh, uses a, a Mexican San Andres Negro wrapper. So in this cigar, you have a medium bodied with uh, the sweetness, the white pepper, and the intensity of the Mexican wrapper. Uh, it's actually quite a popular blend because it's it's a, it's a beautiful. It's one of my favorite blends. We have the uh, the Hoya Silver, which is one of our also newest releases, which uses a Connecticut a, a Ecuadorian. Havana wrapper, a Colorado Equinorian wrapper over a Mexican binder. So you have a smooth, balanced, yet very flavorful smoke uh, and a very great, uh, fantastic price point. All of this, the Hoyas are at a price point between $650 and $850 MSRP, depending on where you're in the United States and taxes, right? But the MSRP, it's, it's a great price point. And finally, we have our, our uh, fourth family, which is what we call the Obras Maestras, our masterpieces. 
these are cigars that use uh, older tobaccos, uh, tobaccos that have been aged for more than eight, nine years, tobacco have, that have been aged in vintage oak barrels. Uh, and this family is more of the con of commemorative lineup. So we have Cuatro Cinco, which is a Nicaraguan blend using tobaccos that have been aged in vintage oak barrels. Uh, then we have Cinco Decas, which was the, our, our 50th anniversary blend. Uh, that uses also very old vintage tobaccos. And we have Numero Uno, which is also part of the Obras Maestra families. These ones are in higher in price, but they are fully charging flavor, uh, complexity, balance. They are like in the upper realm in terms of, of, of the experience of smoking. So we have four lines, uh, four families of cigars, each one with a diversity of flavor profiles. And uh, almost, as I said before, one cigar for every palate and every price point there is. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, the Cinco de Cadas, uh, El General was mm. in our top 10 last year. Yep. So, uh, it's one of our, one of our, uh, one of our favorites. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, this is the it, one that we're going to smoke after that. Yes. And it's, it's, it, it is really great to have, you know, a, a, a cigar for every, palette and a cigar for every smoker and also a portfolio that that your consumers can grow alongside you you know they can come in with uh you know something like a a a, a cabinetta for instance they can come in and 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 uh start to learn about the brand and and you know uh if they're a newer smoker and they're not used to a lot of strength and things like that um one of the things that i've enjoyed for for many years is is that dark corojo because there's such a special, interesting sweetness behind that behind that cigar. This 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 sweetness that is it's hard to find anymore in in premium cigars, and that's one of the few blends out there that I can get that sort of. Uh, it's almost like like uh, like raisins and cocoa kind of uh, that I get little little notes in, from that cigar, and and uh, that's been one that that's been part of my personal rotation for many years. Mm -hmm. Look, man, it's it's, and I, I appreciate that you say that, man, because uh, Antonio is one of those. Uh, the Adar Corojo is one of those uh, cigars. It's a it's a challenge because it's not a cigar for everybody. Uh, I actually don't recommend it unless you are uh, quite uh, a long way in smoking cigars and appreciating cigars. Yeah, uh, but there's a, there's a couple of things that happen both to cigar makers and to to cigar smokers. Uh, you know, your palate your taste preferences evolve. Yeah. Your, unless with very rare, rare exceptions that people stick with one cigar for their whole life, generally older people tend to, you know, have one preference and that's, they don't move out of that. But nowadays cigar smokers want to try different things, different origins. They want to, you know, experience different taste profiles. They want uh, different complexities. Yeah. Uh, and even, their own palate evolves day in and day out, depending on what they're doing, depending on what they're smoking, depending on the season where they're smoking it. Uh, so it's very tough to stick with just one cigar. And, and, and you see that at the shop level. You see you, we went from selling boxes. Now a lot of people buy the boxes of mixed cigars. They don't buy necessarily one box of the same cigar. Um, and it's a challenge for us as cigar makers because although you have like an affinity uh, of what you like to work with or what your profile is, and you say that's my that's my advantage, that's my competitive difference, or whatever how you however you want to call it, 
you still have to work for what the consumer wants because ultimately we are given to the consumer. If right. we only made cigars that we enjoyed, we will be out of business <laughs> a while, while back. And we, we, you know, we are committed to giving consumers what they are uh, interested in enjoying. And ultimately, this is a, a business of pleasure. And we are here to deliver the pleasure that consumers are looking for. And uh, right now, it's very hard to, to, to marry with just one profile or one cigar. That doesn't mean that everybody has to do be, to be like that. There are a few exceptions of some companies that their profile is like that and they don't change and they're very successful at that. But for the rest of us, I think it's very hard to, to, to achieve that purpose. Even, and this is quite interesting, uh, we've seen how preferences change geographically over time. So when I began in this, in this business 15 years ago, I remember, and this is pre-Facebook, pre-Instagram, pre-whatever social media, uh, right? At least for the cigar world. Yeah. Uh, I remember having our Spanish, our British, our... European customers having a very, uh, very clear preference. They only smoke mild cigars, mild, thin, small cigars. And the U.S. smoker was very, very clear. They only smoked, uh, or we had the idea, they only smoked fuller-bodied, big ring-gauge cigars, you know, Toros, Robustos, and, and up. Um, and it was very clear in what we were selling in each market, and it was completely different. When social media came to, to, to exist, we saw a movement to the middle. The Europeans were wanting to smoke what the Americans were smoking, and the Americans wanted to smoke what the Europeans were smoking. So you've seen a shift of preferences geographically as a result of pe people having more access to you know, online media, to having more access to, to social media. It's incredible how much people follow each other. So most of the demand in the cigar world, I believe today, is driven by two things. The advice of friends uh, and, of course, the advice of, of people who work at the shops. People trust, uh, uh, you know, the shops a lot. Uh, but a lot also of what people are seeing in social media. If you see people recurrently smoking and enjoying cigars in social media, you'll gravitate towards that cigar. And it happens to me personally as a cigar consumer. I like to try what people are enjoying out there in the in the world, and and social media has been a very very powerful tool for us as cigar makers in trying to bridge those gaps of preferences between a consumer in Minnesota and a consumer in Florida and a consumer in Montreal and then a consumer in Madrid and in London and in Hong Kong, uh, because now we're connected. You know, we, yeah, we might, we might have people from different parts of, of the world watching the show tonight or or later on and having their own preferences. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask this, and I'm not going to ask you to give away any specifics, although if you want to share those, please do. <laughs> but uh, can we, uh, is, is Hoy de Nicaragua working on anything special or new for 2020? Uh, I'm, I'm going to change my answer from the past. So, have you smoked every single Hoya Nicaragua cigar out there? Um, you might. You probably might. You probably for me, might. for me, I think I have. Uh, you probably might. You probably but might. But I think I know most of our consumers, most of our viewers and listeners, have not. So uh, the first, the first part of that answer is uh, we have a lot of new things. This cigar is actually new, and most people 
haven't smoked the cigar. So mm -hmm. for us right now, it's trying to focus on what we just introduced and make sure that people get their hands on this and enjoy that. Uh, we are constantly working on new things, uh, either extensions, either new brands. Uh, right now, it's a little bit too early to talk about those, but just I, have, I just can say that we are working not only for us, but also for some of our, our brand partners. We're working on great projects with, with Drew Estate, and we're also working with great projects with uh, uh, our partners like Steve Saka and Omar yeah. Frias, who mm -hmm. makes cigars for. Uh, and, and they are actually uh, coming over, and they've been here a few weeks ago, and they've been blending and, and coming out with new stuff. So you'll see a great new bunch of things coming out of, of the Hoya Nicaragua factory, both under the Hoya name and under their own names. Absolutely. So it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's, it's always great to hear about those partnerships with other brands. You know, if, uh, if the factory is able to uh, uh, produce cigars for other brands, I always, I always enjoy seeing some of those smaller brands, um, you know, being produced in, in quality factories like, like Hoy de Nicaragua. So that's, that's always a good thing. Thank you, man. Thanks for the um, So this, uh, this, this week, uh, we're going to move into our, our smokabulary word. So, as always, our smokabulary word is brought to you by A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day -day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. A.J. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Diaz de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So, guys, this week's smokabulary word is oily. <laughs> <laughs> so, when uh, when you think of oily, I'm not talking about a teenager with a pimple face. I'm not talking about the garage floor underneath your old beat up car. I'm talking about the beautiful texture and, and oily sheen that you see on some wonderful premium cigars. Um, so, Garrett, what does that mean when we say a cigar is oily? It means that that um, typically it means that that wrapper contains a natural oil that has uh, come out through the fermentation uh, process and uh, the cigar that I think of most is the Nica Rustica. Oh, from Drew Estate? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I say that because you can see the foot is like a tire fire <laughs> when it is lit. It does put off a lot of smoke. And that is indicative of a very oily cigar. Um, yeah. And certainly that's not the only one. There's there's a ton of great oily cigars out oh, there. Yeah. but. Yeah, absolutely. But when, when you see a cigar, you know, and when you take a cigar out of that cellophane and you, you see that sheen on there, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's in most cases, it's, it's a sign of that there was a lot of time and patience put into that leaf, you know, yep. from the time that it was harvested and primed and hung in the curing barn and, and, and then, you know, put in the polones for fermentation, you know, the, having that moisture, dissipate slowly out of that cigar and leave behind those natural oils. Um, and when you see the cigar in the, in the, in the factory or see the leaf in the, in the factory, when it's taken out of that bale, 
and have just a tiniest little bit of moisture added back to it. You can stretch it and, and those oils come to the surface and it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And, and you can really, you can sense that. And some cigars, even depending on the type of leaf that's used in the wrapper, some cigars, you can even feel that oil yeah. on your, on the tongue and on the yep. lips because it's just there's so much of that oil left behind in that leaf. And there's a lot of different things that the oil can do, too. Uh, I think either uh, our last show or the show before with the tooth, um, yeah. a, sh- uh, uh, a wrapper that has a lot of tooth, that's actually the oil yeah. that does um, that that brings all of those um, pores to the to the surface and raises that up. So, yeah. Oily is a is a great thing. Yeah. So when you hear oily talking, when we're talking about a cigar and we say it's oily, I promise you that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, I, can I add something to that? Please, Absolutely, please do. Uh, first of all, I think uh, you should add some questions about AJ too. It's uh, a great character, and uh, yeah. in the segment, we'll have to talk about AJ at some point. <laughs> um, it, the the oiliness also depends a lot on the type of wrapper, you know. Uh, uh, I think the, the there are varieties of of, of of tobacco that have different that, uh, intensity of oilness. Uh, for example, if, if you talk about Connecticut, you won't necessarily find a that level of oiliness that you were describing. When you talk about right. uh, uh, broadleaf, maybe uh, or San Andres Negro wrapper, you'll see a little bit more of that shine and oiliness to it. Yeah. And, and those tooth that you were mentioning before, it's, they're key because they are the containers of that all all flavors and, and aromas to the tobacco leaf. So uh, it, 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 you'll see different variations of oiliness depending on the variety of, 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 of the tobacco. And inside the same variety, you'll have differences in oiliness depending on the priming of that of that leaf. Uh, the thicker the tobaccos, generally the, the more oiliness you have, the thinner the tobaccos, the less, less oils that you'll have. Uh, so it's a it's a very interesting component to the to the cigar itself. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. I lo- and absolutely one just going back in my in my cigar life many years ago, and it's not it's a cigar that's not even on the market anymore. It's not made anymore. Um, but there was a um, there was a Bahia cigar on the market a long time oh, ago wow. that was called the uh, it was called the Matanzas. Yeah, and that cigar I remember. Even going back, it was it's one of the oiliest cigars that I remember ever having. And I, it was a cigar that I purchased multiple boxes of because I enjoyed it very much back in the day. But it just that was one of those cigars that it it was it, it, it you could feel it on your lips when you smoked that cigar because there was such a heavy oil content residual left mm-hmm. behind in that wrapper leaf. Um, and that's just one of those cigars that I always remember when I think of uh, a really oily, oily wrapper on a cigar. Talking about memorable cigars, what what's your guys' most memorable cigars up to date? Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a fantastic question. That's a very fantastic question. So um, there's a handful of cigars that you know when I smoke it for the first time, I know it's going to be an experience, and. Um, uh, my first, I'll never forget my, my first Opus X. Um, and I'll never forget my uh, first uh, Romeo y Julieta Churchill Cuban. Um, that was an oily cigar. I remember my mouth feeling like it was an oil <laughs> slick after smoking that cigar. Um, you know, my, uh, 
my first uh, Zeno. Yeah. Um, Real, minor, minor wrapped around experiences in my life, times that were, um, times that were either tough or times that were good. Um, I remember my wife and I on vacation in Dominican Republic a few years ago, and and her and I just just laying on the beach, enjoying each other's company and listening to the surf and, um, and sitting in, uh, I was smoking, uh, at, at the time it was a, it was a warped sky flower. Oh, wow. Cigar. And just, and, and that's a fine cigar. Don't get me wrong. It's I, I wouldn't put it in my top 10 of all time, but it's a fine cigar, but it was just the experience of just sitting there, enjoying each other's company, listening to the surf and, uh, and then even even, you know, tough experiences, you know, a few years ago after my mom passed the first the first cigar that I smoked after she passed uh, was just a, it was it was after, you know, because there's a lot when somebody in your family, you know, uh, passes away, you, there's a lot of busyness and things that you have to do and things like that. And then having some time afterwards to relax and just by myself, sit down and 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 reflect with a cigar uh, it was a it was a La Polina family series, uh, the Pasha from La mm. Polina, and just uh, sitting back, smoking that cigar by myself, uh, reflecting on my mom's life, what she meant to me, you know. And those are the things that I think of when I think of, you know, uh, the finest cigar. It's 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 not even for me necessarily as much about, you know, which brands I enjoy the most. It's it's about each individual experiences each individual experience and the ones that s- sort of stand out in my memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That's actually quite a, a, a interesting point. And, and maybe, you know, uh, people who are watching can, can pitch in on that. How much does the occasion, the moment influence the experience? Yeah. Of the because I've had exactly the same experience of, yep. uh, as, as you've had that uh, I've had a great cigar smoked at a very bad moment in life and it's a yeah. cigar and i've had actually very bad cigars smoked at a great moments and they're yep. not, maybe they're not the best cigars but they they improve quite a lot just because of of of, of the influence Amen. yeah just, just let me give you a small anecdote of someone who's very close to us who's rudy who's our one of our master rollers so we sent him on a tour to europe a few years ago he went to spain germany switzerland this is a guy from Estelia Bonchero. So imagine for him, it was a great opportunity to see the world. Yeah. And then one of the th- first messages that we get from him is that uh, why are my cigars, my cigars, meaning the cigars that he makes for him, uh, taste differently here? They taste differently in Switzerland, but now they also taste differently in, 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 in Germany. The same tobacco, he's the same guy making the cigars, but they smoke differently. And that's sort of a great point for consumers on how much the moment, your emotional state, but also the ambience, the environment in which you're smoking, it actually affects the smoking experience and the cigar itself. Cigars are alive. They absorb the humidity. They are influenced by the temperature. They, they absorb the smells around uh, and they absorb your own energy. So uh, I would like to, you know, I would oh, yeah. like to, see people speak a lot more about the moments in which they enjoy uh, the cigars. Um, so I, I, I think it's a great point and I would also see, uh, like to see more people giving their opinion on how important that moment is for them. Because yeah. we, we're used to smoking by ourselves maybe or in a lounge, but outside of that context, how much that uh, influences the experience. Yeah, that is, that is a good point. And um, 
and it is true that that the environment changes things and 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 obviously most of that's probably in our own minds uh but just being in a in an environment whether it's the beach or whether it's uh around a campfire with my wife and kids or or whatever it might be you know at the end of a uh, of a long day of hiking with my wife and kids sitting around a campfire uh enjoying a great cigar while the kids play and make s'mores and and things like that it's it's uh it's really it's really so much of it is around the experience and when the experience is great and then at the same time the the cigar that you're smoking is 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 truly great and and something that is that you know care and passion and and history went into that that thing that you're enjoying mm-hmm. it just it it takes a, a what could be an ordinary experience or even a tough experience and and heightens it i, I have a, i have another question for yeah you guys. and and for 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 people who are watching the show and will watch later so uh we're we we're speaking before the show on how to you know to better connect with consumers and and how to maybe change our narrative so that we can connect more with them. One of the things that always intrigues me personally is uh, I have my own way of choosing what cigars to smoke. Obviously, I I might know a little bit more about uh, both the makers and the tobacco in, in some cigars, but how do people, how do you personally choose what cigar to smoke? And in, in when you go to the store, when you go to a shop, how do you decide what cigar to smoke? Uh, is it your own research or is it you go to ask people or you, you know, you go to the lounge and you go to the, the, the guy who's there and ask, so what do you have now? Could you, how much, how do you guys decide? Well, and I think we've, we've talked about this quite a bit and um, how we know a good shop, uh, tobacconist, you know, uh, worker, uh, humidor worker who asks the right questions. Um, and how they approach the consumers. Um, you know, what are you in the mood to smoke is, you know, so for me personally, um, being that I'm in cigar media, I'm obviously surrounded with cigars. I've smoked a lot of cigars. I know what my palate is. Um, it truly is, you know, what am I in the mood for? And, it's like food, you know, do I feel like tacos today? Do I feel like a hamburger? Do I feel like, you know, uh, it's the same thing when I walk into a humor you know, do I want to start with something light and sweet? Do I want to, um, you know, powerful, robust cigar that, you know, I want to scrape off my tongue later. Um, <laughs> you know, so all of those things, uh, apply, I, you know, it's like food for me. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll it'll depend. I mean, when I'm in a shop here at Sodi's, for example, the first thing, just because being in cigar media, the first thing I do is look for things that I haven't tried before, yep. and I gravitate toward those first. And then I bring home what I bring home, and I have my own humidor at home. And if I'm going on a trip with friends, or if I'm going camping with the family. I'll put together a variety in my travel humidor to bring with me just in case, you know, I'll be in a different mood, but it could be based around what I'm going to drink with the cigar. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll decide, okay, I'm going to have a really heavy PD scotch. So I'm going to get a rich, dense, thick cigar, like a, 
like a like a dark Corojo Antonio or or an, uh, Antonio 1970 or I'll say, OK, I'm just this is going to be the cigar that I'm going to have, um, you know, after I have my breakfast and I'm going to sit down with some coffee and I'm going to have a numero uno or I'm going to have an Antonio CT. Um, and but then there are other times that I'll mix it up and I'll have the strong cigars early in them because I'm one of those smokers that strength doesn't really affect me. So so I can have really cigars that that, um, you know, make other people sweat. I don't it doesn't necessarily affect me just mainly because I've been smoking cigars so long. Um, so I'll have, uh, I'll mix it up. Sometimes I'll have the really strong cigars earlier in the morning. And then as the day goes on, I'll, 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 I'll mix in milder, lighter cigars and sweeter cigars and things like that in between. Um, so it really depends on my mood, maybe what I'm going to be drinking, what I'm going to be eating. Um, and also I always like to have a few cigars on hand, of uh, you know, making new friends, handing out cigars, you know, things like that. I always want to have a few on hand for that as well. Yeah, my, my wife says that I'm uh, every time we go to a wedding or to an event, says like I'm a, like I'm pusher, like a <laughs> pusher because everybody you know gravitates toward the guy who has a box of cigars with him. Yeah, uh, First I, just, free. I just want to mention something that I'm just I just got into the Facebook and I'm seeing the comments. Um, I just want to say one of the things that I appreciate most about this this industry, um, more than the the product itself, is is the people. And I've had the blessing and the opportunity to meet some some fantastic human beings that I wouldn't have uh, otherwise uh, had the opportunity to to meet. Uh, and there's someone in the in the in the in the chat that uh, I appreciate very much, uh, Rich Lai, uh, uh, who is a chairman Lai, uh, who is uh, based in California, who's a great friend. And I hope you're you're recovering well, my friend. Uh, and that uh, you are doing better right now. And that's, you know, one of the things that you get to meet a lot of brilliant and, and that, that's, for me, that's one of the greatest values of this industry. And not only as a cigar maker and, and working as, for a cigar company, but also as cigar consumers. Uh, all over the world, cigars bring people together. Uh, they bring yeah. people together, they sit people down and they bring them to the same level. Same level. It doesn't matter if you're a janitor or a CEO of a corporation you're sitting there smoking a cigar enjoying talking about football talking about baseball and i think that's one of the most humane things that there is and interestingly there are not a lot of products that allow you to do that to be able to share a moment Mm -hmm. and uh, i think that's one of the things that consumers should continue to appreciate and work hard to protect uh, because this is one of the greatest challenges that we have the opportunity to continue sharing together uh, the enjoyment, the enjoyment of cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he says, uh, he says, bless you, brother Juan. <laughs> bless you too, brother. Bless you too, brother. I hope you're doing better. So let's, um, um, let's move into this week's numero, numero de, de los, los muertos. muertos. <laughs> <laughs> so Juan, every week, um, I do a segment that uh, is an interesting statistic about death. And uh, this one is a, is a bit unusual um, because it has a couple different numbers. One, but, but this is the first. This is the first of the cigar show, I have to say. Man. Yes. And <laughs> it's it, our favorite segment. It's of the our week. favorite segment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so two numbers. Uh, um, this death statistic has to do with uh, people and uh, one person 
has been confirmed to have died from this. 67 people, um, it has been recorded that they have died as in, in proxy to this. So I'll give an example. Like somebody who is doing yard work or shoveling has a heart attack. Um, it's not the actual shoveling or yard work that killed them. It was the actual heart attack. That's what the statistic is. So only one person has technically died from this. <laughs> so this is, this is one person in all of human history. And this statistic goes back to the 5th century B.C. Oh, brother. Come on, dude. Okay. Um, all right. So, Juan, jump in with, with guesses. Oh, we have to guess? Yeah, we got yeah. we got to guess. Oh. We'll get clues along the way. So, so one and this this one person that died from this thing died in back in the fifth century. Fifth century. Yes. Did, uh, okay. So uh, there was no United States back then. So was, there was no Nicaragua. So did, did this happen? Uh, was this over uh, which which hemisphere did this occur in? Egypt. Yeah. Uh, all of them. All of them. All of them. Um, so the the there's actually a top ten list. Okay. Um, individuals, famous people who have died. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you. Um, uh, hey, top ten of what? You just said there's one people, one person confirmed. Yeah. One person confirmed, but there's a top ten list of people who have died as uh, as a result or related to the same the cause. Thing. Okay. What was that? The same. The same reason. The same cause. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, um, is it accidental? Oh yeah, it's accidental. Is it? Uh, is it? Oh brother, this is really tough. Is is it? Uh, the person who died from this were they male or female? Um, actually, these are. Well, here's the funny thing. So the the one confirmed case, yeah, was a female, and it was in 1976. Wait, I thought you said fifth century. Well, that was the first recorded. Oh. Okay, wow. 1976. Uh, um, so um, there was a, a famous. Does it, does it have to do with an animal? With animals? Nope. 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 There's a, a famous painter um, who who died. Yeah, I can't give away much more than that yet. Okay, um, so painting. I'm gonna stick with painting. No, no, no it doesn't have anything. No. So it's not like lead poisoning or something like that. No. Okay. It's e eating paint chips. <laughs> <laughs> Dr nope. Drinking paints. No. Nope. Um, paint, paintbrush stuck in the eye or something like that. Nope. Get off painting. No painting. Uh, yep. I would just. All right. So, is it got anything to do with uh, sports or? Mm -mm. Um, disease, accident, accidental. It is accidental, but uh, so uh, I'll give the so the cause of death in most of these people is two things: it's asphyxiation and heart attack. But this thing is what causes these episodes to happen. Is it swimming? It is not swimming. 
It is not hiccups, but that's a really good guess. Oh, that is a good guess. You're you're kind of starting to get on the right on the right track there. That is a good guess, Gustavo. Um, oh, oh, sleeping with my ex. <laughs> good guess, but probably not. <laughs> um, um, is it spicy food? Ooh, no. Not spicy food? No. Uh, um, uh, it, <laughs> Gustavo, you, uh, no, brother. That's another good one. Farting. No, that kills other people, not... Ooh, good guesses, you guys. Not, um, not sneezing, not coughing. Um, I'm drawing a blank here. Um... All right, is there any uh, other clue? Party. Someone's uh, Gustavo's on a roll there. Yeah, Gustavo. Yeah, Gustavo's on a roll. Burping. Is nope. there any other clues you can give us without totally giving it away? It's it, This is a tough one to, to give clues for. Um, um, is it related to food? No. Not related to All right, to food. so I'll say th- this 5th century painter uh, said to have died because he found the way that he painted Aphrodite was funny. Of laughing? Yes. Laughing? Really? Laughing. Somebody, wait a minute. So, How do you, so, so that's a, that's like a cliche that people say all the time. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to die laughing. Yep. Somebody actually died from laughing. Yes. But you didn't laugh. They didn't die of laughing. They got died because they choked, and then they got a heart attack. Yep, either a heart attack or they couldn't breathe. So sixty-seven confirmed cases as a result of laughing, um, either uh, cardiac arrest wow. or asphyxiate. Ex- Asphyxiation. Asphyxi. <laughs> that word. That word. That one. Wow, that's uh, that you went. That was super deep track. That was yeah. Wow. Okay, so guys, if if you're gonna be uh, careful, you know, tell laugher, telling careful. folks out there, take it, take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> Gosh, that's wow. So that's this week's numero, numero de, de los, los muertos. That's, All right, that's, so Juan, that's good, we, man, that's a good ticket. We got a lightning round of questions for you. These are quick answers, not really cigar related. If you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Of one living person or? Living person. You could hear their thoughts for 10 minutes. Uh, I have to hear Putin's thoughts, man. Oh, Putin's thoughts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we haven't had that one. Have we not had that one? I don't think so. That's a good one. Yeah, I want to know what's going through that guy's head, too. That guy, man, is, I don't know what's going inside that guy's head. It's like a puppet master combined. Remember the, the, <laughs> the Inspector Gadget, the guy with the cap? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. I love it. So, Juan, if you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on? Oh man! 
I have the idea of the soundtrack. I just don't remember what the song would be, but it would be a Fight Club song. Is oh, Fight Club. Fight Club, you know? Uh, yeah. The but music. I don't know. I don't remember the music from that movie, but I don't remember what the what the soundtrack is. Yeah. No, I know what you're I would have to find that one. I think uh oh shoot. No, I can't remember it. Who did the who did the music for that movie? It was uh Oh crap. I'll remember it. I'll remember it. But that's a very good answer. That's a very good answer. Um that's gonna kill me. So choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman, or you could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie. Fuck. <laughs> or you know, none should... of the three sports which I've played in my life. So, and I was gonna say, you know, for our you know Latino brothers, we should uh, really include football. Yeah, you know, so so you could score, score you could score a a, a, a a soccer goal, a football goal as as a goalie as a goalie. Oh, that would be it, man, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, is that? I mean, that's got from from, that's, from your spot, not not you know around <laughs> right. your from spot. your from yeah, your yeah. spot. That's got to be that's got to be. I mean, similar to hockey, but even I I gotta guess that's even more rare right. than 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 hockey games. Yeah, has that happened that you I know? Think, I think I think it has happened. I think it has happened. Uh, I'll have to look it up, but I think it. I've seen I've seen those you know once in a lifetime shots that uh, yeah a goalie kicks the the ball and it ends up being a goal. Yeah, I gotta I gotta I'm gonna go on YouTube tonight and check that out because I bet there's got to be a few. <laughs> um, so. Juan, if you could give one piece of advice to a new cigar consumer, what would it be? Oof. That's a great one, actually. That's that's a great one. Uh, try everything. Try everything. Yeah. Uh, try everything, even if you don't like it. The only way to train your palate is to allow it to experience the good, the not so good and the worst part. That's the only way to really appreciate what you're going to finally enjoy is, is try everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and we've heard that. That's a great answer. Um, so if you could give one piece of advice to cigar retailers, specifically brick and mortar shops, if you could give them one piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh. Um, Depends who the retail is, but I think uh, uh, first the thing is take care of your people, take care of your customer. I think uh, that uh, there's great concern on the on the trade on how you know the the online world can affect traditional shops, but I think that the shops do not replace the the online world. The internet does not replace the community, the essence, and the spirit of cigar enjoyment. Yeah. So take care of your people, take care of your place, make sure it's clean, make sure it's it's inviting, make sure it's, it's comfortable for everybody to come up and enjoy. And of course, take care of your product because ultimately we are not able to take care of all of the cigars. It's up to you to make sure that the consumers have have a great experience. So so take care of your shop, man, basically. Yeah. Uh, I know this would be very obvious, but it would surprise you to see that a lot of people don't necessarily take care of their of, of their shops and their people. Yeah. We've, we've seen it before, unfortunately, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, cigar shops, um, definitely not Sodi's. Sodi's is, uh, takes great care of their humidor and their people, but I've, we've seen some shops, unfortunately, uh, that don't, 
you know, their cigars are in horrible condition and, and they just seem to not, not really care all that much. So I, I agree a hundred percent, you know, because take care of the product. They, and they're, they're not selling cigars. They're selling experiences. Yes. Not, yes. And, and, and the more, the better the experience for everybody, for your consumer, the more that you're going to be, be able to do good business. Cigar yeah. are the medium through which you sell the experience. In this case, the medium through which we produce the experience, but ultimately they are in the business of pleasure. Yeah. So that's, that they have to keep that in mind always. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. Real quick before uh, Gustavo says it has happened. Gold de arco e arco. What yeah. does that mean? The arco arco eh, from from uh, from how do you call it in English? I don't remember from the from the goal to the goal. Um, okay. I don't know what the name. How to translate that in English? Maybe Gustavo can translate that in, better in English. Oh, from from end to end. From end yes. to end. Yeah. From from the frame to frame, basically. Frame, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so let's go into this week's, um, this week's notable smokables. So one each week we, Garrett and I talk about one or two cigars that we've smoked over the last week or so that, uh, were interesting to us. Um, and my first one this week, uh, was, was actually a, my father cigar. It was the, the, uh, it was a limited edition, uh, version of the Le Bijou. Uh, mm. But it was the 97th anniversary for Federal Cigar. Uh, it came out in 2018. It's actually a Connecticut-wrapped version of the the Le Bijou. Uh, they very made very few of them, and I was fortunate to get a, a few myself. Uh, I smoked one a few days ago and forgot how much I enjoyed it. It's a very, very nice, enjoyable um, cigar. Awesome. Uh, last Saturday was my uh, 17th anniversary, wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Congratulations Thank you. And I smoked a uh, Padron 50th. And uh, very nice. It's just, yeah. Very nice. Great cigar. Very nice. So, Juan, we know obviously people from, from brands such as yourself, you 99% of what you smoke is your own. But uh, is there anything, uh, have you ventured outside of the, the Hoya portfolio recently and found anything that you thought, hey, this is really good? Um. Actually, not ninety percent, ninety-nine percent. Actually, it's 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 more than that. I I, I buy a lot of uh, cigars from other manufacturers that I really really enjoy. Uh, I'm also a cigar uh, cigar smoker, so I, outside of Hoya, I, I I try to smoke as much as I can. Um, I think I the I got a a, a special uh, Melanio from Oliva during the mm. festival. I was gotten during a visit to the to the factory. There was, I think, it was like an European edition. It was it was it was great. I, I love Melanios. Uh, yeah, and, yes. And cigars. But I think my memorable cigar in the last week was a blend that we're doing a collaboration with someone that I cannot disclose. Oh, Hopefully come it's on, be, no, we cannot, I cannot. I cannot. Just, <laughs> just a teaser. But let me say, and and I think Danielle is watching, and and he it was it, was, it, it knocked my balls out literally. It was a, it was a great blend. Hopefully, the blender uh, who's 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 blending it is liked it, enjoyed it as much as I did, and uh, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool. It's gonna be a very very cool release. Uh, Can't so wait for that. Eventually, we'll talk about that. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely, looking forward to it. Nice. Um, so, 
let's uh, really quickly talk about um, you guys were very kind to send us some great swag and we're going to have some giveaways. So for those of you who are watching and listening, even if you're watching and listening after the fact, we're going to give a few days for people to leave additional comments in the next, uh, you know, in the next few days Uh, on this video, you can still leave comments. Um, And we want to give you guys an opportunity to win some great stuff that uh, we were sent from Hoya to Nicaragua. I'm going to, reach down in here into this goodie bag and, and show you guys what we have here. So we have, we have a couple beautiful little uh, travel humidors and some beautiful cigar cutters and these ridiculously awesome black on black Hoya hats. They're, they're just, they're really, really so, super. Oh. People can buy like two winners. They can get the three, the kit with the three items each. So absolutely, uh, yeah. We're gonna have we're gonna have two. We're gonna choose two winners who are leaving comments, and we want you guys to not only leave comments and questions additionally in in the video here. We want you guys also to go and follow Hoya Cigars on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And we want you guys to follow uh, How About That Cigar on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we're going to randomly choose two winners, and you'll each receive uh, those three items. And from my own personal stash of cigars, I'm going to send you a couple goodies from my, <laughs> from my own personal stash um, because just want to show some love to you guys out there. Um, so coming up, I want to give you guys a little bit of an idea of some some cool stuff we have coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, next week on Tuesday night, the 25th, we're going to talk to Robert Caldwell from Caldwell Cigars. And then uh, jumping ahead to March 10th, uh, we're going to talk to Jonathan Carney from La Flor Dominicana Cigars. And we have some other cool stuff in the works that's uh, that's also coming up soon, but we don't want to give away too much. Um, but before we close things out, uh, Juan, give us an idea of where people can find out more about de Nicaragua. Uh, well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for for having me on the show, for having Hoya on the show. Uh, I, I I want to be very very uh, insistent on the gratitude that we have towards you guys for for allowing us to again bridge uh, with with consumers, with smokers around the world and in the United States. What you guys do in the cigar media is is key for our survival and. Uh, we, we appreciate that very much. So thank you for, for the love, the dedication. I know it's not easy to be stuck at 10 p.m. doing a show every Tuesday for you guys. So we appreciate that. And uh, as a community, we, we, we value that. Um, if, with respect to Hoya, you can find more at that at website. You have HoyaCigars.com. But you can follow us in all of our social medias, at Hoya Cigars, Instagram, um, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, uh, um, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can reach directly to us. You can follow me also if you have any questions, comment, add. Uh, uh, I think you can find me in, in, in your Facebook uh, post right now. Uh, you can ask us anything. Uh, one of the things that we want to try to do is that, you know, connect directly with people. Uh, we have some cool videos in YouTube that talk about the history, about the Nicaraguan industry. Uh, uh, we have great materials in a website. Uh, we published a book a few years ago called Cinco Decas, The Rise of the Nicaraguan Cigar, that basically talks about the history of the Nicaraguan tobacco and Nicaraguan cigars. And I highly recommend people 
uh, going over uh, to the site and looking at the blog post because we, we try to capture a little bit of the history so people understand, appreciate where we come from as a, as a country, as an industry, and as cigar makers. So there's a bunch of places where you can find a lot of history and, and a lot of the, of the present of Hoya de Nicaragua. Absolutely. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic. We appreciate your time so much. Our, yeah. our consumers appreciate your time, our viewers, our listeners. Um, guys, if you're listening on the audio podcast, um, you know, after the fact, we really appreciate you guys spending some time with us. For all the viewers that we've had live tonight on Facebook, thank you so much. Uh, for all the guys watching and viewing uh, afterwards on either Facebook or YouTube, it's going to be on there as well. We're grateful that you spent some time with us. Um, go and check out your local brick and mortar shops and look for Hoya de Nicaragua cigars. You will not be disappointed. Until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. <laughs> How about that cigar, guys? Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great evening. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>